is up, everybody? Welcome to this week's privileged edition of the Dense Pixels podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Brad, joined by my lone co-host this week, Carrie. What's up? <laughs> so, uh, it is a light news week. Um, we hope that you will, and we submitted the post office very late this week, so we hope <laughs> that you all will come through. We're doing really well. I know. It is, it is, uh, look, Black, it was Black Friday weekend this past weekend. Um, I'm we, surprised you're alive. We, we all know what that means for me. Um, there's a lot of other stuff even going on outside of just the normal run of my day job with my day job that's that caused a whole new level of stress. So Ooh. it is amazing that I am alive. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Um, I caught a cold yeah. from my mother-in-law. I, I, I was following your uh, your holiday escapades on the uh-huh. Twitter. Uh, at Sup, it's Carrie. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. So, like I said, you got, you got your, <laughs> but you, you know, you got your hot tea there and your, and your Pikachu mug and. Yeah, my holiday Pikachu mug. Yeah. It's that time of year, folks. And speaking of Pikachu, mm. we, we finally have you on to yes. give your, at, at this point, we can probably just call it a review. Sure. Of Pokemon Sword. Because I finished the game. Yeah. So. Yeah, I I played Pokemon Sword. Um I liked it a lot, man. Like there's a lot there's a lot of things I really like about it. I love the region. Um I love like so many of the new Pokemon I just think are so fucking cool. Um I tried to roll with like as many Galar Pokemon as possible and then a Kingler. Uh, for my friend Sean, I named all of my Pokemon after baseball players, so they're all named after nationals, except for my Kingler, whose name is Scott, who's named after Scott Kingery, who plays for the Phillies, because my friend Sean's a big Phillies fan, and he donated to my Extra Life, which, by the way, to speak of that, I did end up raising um, $800 for Extra Life this year, so thank you very much to everyone who donated for that. That was extremely cool of you. But, uh, yeah, um, God, I mean, just like it, it's, they, they turned a lot of classic Pokemon game tropes sort of on their head a little bit. Um, like there's, there's not really a villainous team. Like there is a team and they're kind of antagonistic team yell, but they're just like fucking hooligans. Like they just show up and they, they're supporting this one challenger in, in the gym challenge and they're just trying to get in your way and they're just, you know, they have their horns and they just like yell at you. And so, so they, they sound like, they sound like, like college booster parents, basically. Uh, I mean, they're styled like soccer hooligans, basically. Okay. Um, well, okay. And, that, uh, that makes sense considering the setting. It's based in England. Britain. Okay. All right, yeah. So, um, yeah. And so the, the whole, like, in Sun and Moon, they eschewed the eight gym badges, and instead you have these island trials and whatnot, and that was kind of cool. Um, and this this gen, we're going back to eight gym badges, but um, it's styled like a league, like the Pokemon League is actually a league, and like gym battles are sporting events, and the the atmosphere created by having this take place basically on a pitch, and. Uh, I think they actually call it a pitch mm-hmm. in in the game, and uh, like you can hear the crowd cheering for you. The gym battle theme is so fucking hype, man! Like it's so cool, and it changes when the the gym leader like Dynamaxes their Pokemon. Like the crowd goes nuts for that, and it's just like it's so cool. And 
Like, I don't know how they're going to top that moving forward. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, cool. Like you made it an actual like high key professional sporting event. Uh, I don't know where you go from there in terms of hype level. No, um, I I had heard from some folks that they didn't enjoy the gyms in this one as much. Like there was less like kind of dungeony aspects of the gym, and it was just more about just like fighting, just like run like running in a straight line, fighting Pokemon trainers, and just making your way to the gym leader. Essentially, no, I mean so there's um each gym has like a gym trial basically before you can face off against the leader mm. and in some of them yes you do have to like face off against other other trainers and then in others it's like okay you have to like herd all of these wulu into the pen at the end and you have to or you have to like navigate an area uh without falling through the floor uh there's one where it's like you're almost in like a amusement park ride and you have to like turn certain ways and it's like a big pinball machine uh and you have to get through that in order to get to the end so they they definitely mixed it up um mm. i would say they mixed it up in the gyms more in this gen than they ever did in previous generations okay um yeah uh, the wild area the open area is really cool um they definitely kept some things from the let's go games that people really liked like being able to see the Pokemon on the overworld before you initiate a battle with a wild Pokemon. Um, couple drawbacks. I would say the fucking draw distance is terrible. <laughs> Holy shit. The draw distance in this game is bad. Um, and that's something like you can't escape. Like you're constantly being reminded of how bad the is draw it, distance so, is. So is it objectively bad or is it, We've seen Breath of the Wild, and it's shitty compared to that, basically. It's objectively bad. Okay. Like, there there are some things where it's, like, you, like, particularly in the wild area, there will be NPCs that pop up and whatnot. And th there are times where it's, like, you almost have to be directly on top of them for them to have actually spawned in front of you. And mm -hmm. that's not good. Um, also, there's not really any endgame content. It's, like, you, you beat the league, you become the new champion, and then there's, like, a... Wait, there's no there's no Elite Four? No, they do it as a tournament, which oh, is kind of cool. Okay. So in the tournament, you're facing off against some of your rivals from earlier, as well as facing off against some of the gym leaders again mm. who have updated teams. Um, and that's I thought that was kind of a cool way to do it. That's more along the lines of like treating it again like a league, like a playoff, basically. Mm. Um but yeah, there's like a post-game thing that maybe maybe it takes like two hours tops mm. um and that's fine and then after that it's just like have fun in the wild area catching pokemon and like if you want to be that guy there's a battle tower that you can take mm -hmm. but i've never been that person so so are you are you comfortable like ranking it amongst the other games that you've played like where where would you say it sits i mean it's kind of hard because you're still basking it in is because it's, it's bit, like so. it's it's so fresh and um and like i i did enjoy it a lot like mm. there there wasn't really anything about it that i was like super disappointed about or anything like that um i would say it like it particularly with the way the wild area works like like it, it seems like sort of a stepping stone mm. into what will 
be Pokemon moving forward, um, that we will probably be treated to much more of like this open world wild area sort of game. Um, some of the towns I thought were small and uninteresting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it a lot. My favorite gen will always be gen two. Like nothing will ever be better than gen two. Mm-hmm. It has two regions in it. Like, it's these. It's still the only game to have more than one region in it, um, and and I think it's it's held up better than any other game in the series. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a ton of fun. Um, took me a solid twenty five thirty hours to get through everything, and that's fine. That's pretty standard for a Pokemon title, and okay. yeah, very cool. At, at this point, like. I, I almost kind of want to finish out the Pokedex. Like I, I want to chat with people who are playing shield so that I can get some of the shield exclusives. But yeah, I, I got the, like all of the rival characters I thought were really good. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they made the supporting cast really, really good in this game. Um, so that's, it's definitely got that going for it. Okay. So, yeah, you'll be, you'll it's, be proud of it's me. One. You'll be proud of me. Um, I have nothing new to talk about this week. I will have something mm. new to talk about. Next week, because ah. I got this. I got Outer Worlds on sale, um, and I traded a bunch of. I, I had like six PS4 controllers for no reason. That's too many. I well, I didn't pay for almost any of them. So <laughs> like, but sure. they were they were just sitting here. Um, so I traded all those in and got Outer Worlds for forty bucks. Um, so we'll see if we like it, and if not, I don't really care because it was found money. So that's all well and good. Uh, speaking of games that you're not going to care whether you like them or not, because they're free, <laughs> it's a new month. Uh, so that means we have new free games from both PlayStation and Xbox to check out, uh, on Xbox one for the entire month of December, you get insane robots for free. And then from December 16th through January 15th, you get Jurassic world evolution, which I believe is like the Jurassic world, like park builder game, essentially, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so, I'm just like I'm looking at these games and I'm like, this just looks like trash. This like the all all of this. Yeah, it all looks like trash. Well, so the the 360 games that are for free. So from December 1st through 15th, you get the Xbox 360 Toy Story 3, which is actually a very highly critically acclaimed game. If you weren't aware, and my my wife loved it. She had it on PlayStation 3 and thought it okay. was excellent. Um, and then from the, from the 16th through the 31st, uh, you get Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate HD, which I do believe is Symphony of the Night and something else. I don't remember. Um, wait, maybe it's not, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Cause it is, it does say Lords of Shadow. So it might actually be like side scrolling Lords of Shadow games. I don't know. I don't know. Either way, it's free on Xbox. Um, this month PlayStation, you fare a little bit better. Uh, your two you? Free, you, Titanfall 2 is one of the most critically okay. games of this generation. So if you haven't played That's Titanfall fair. 2 yet, you have no excuse. Uh, it is going to be free for the month I of December. I was just looking at the other one. And well, I was yeah, like, yeah, well, you know, Monster Energy <laughs> Supercross, if, if you're going to give people something really good, then you have to give them something uh, really whatever to balance mm-hmm. that out. So those two games are free if you're on PlayStation. Uh, I will definitely download Titanfall 2 because I am tired of people telling me uh, how excellent that game is. The campaign is. And, uh, and we'll definitely check that out. 
Uh, Two other new releases this week. You have Neverwinter Nights Enhanced Edition coming to PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And then Assassin's Creed, the Rebel Collection, comes to the Nintendo Switch. I do believe this is Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, and Assassin's Creed Rogue. And maybe the PS Vita Assassin's Creed as well. I can't remember I off the top of my know. head. I think it's it's definitely the first two. Yes, I, I I know for sure it's the first two. I think Liberation might also be in that disc collection as well, but don't quote yeah. me on that. Um. So yeah. So that is your new release lineup for this week. Cool. And uh, don't forget to uh, if if you're not already watching us on YouTube. To check out youtube.com slash dense pixels and subscribe. We have new clips every week and the clips are mostly just the full show on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> it's like we say clips, but I should well, probably, no yeah, well, we, well, we, we used to do clips and then, eh. and then they didn't get enough views. So we just stopped doing clips. So now we just post the whole show and, and that seems to do just stopped fine. Wasting our time. Yeah. And if you want to waste more of your time with us can go to densepixels.com slash premium. Subscribe to the TNP Studios Premium content for $5 a month or $50 for the whole year, and that gives you access to the entire premium slate of podcasts, including The Airing of Grievances, No Time to Bleed, full episodes of the Look Forward podcast, and The Men with the Golden Tongues, and I saved that for last because y'all are doing a tournament-style ranking Mm -hmm. of the James Bond theme songs. And I find it wholly unfair that you would have put Dr. No on there at all because that's that's the winner. That one wins. No. Well, so I I thought about that Uh because Dr. No opens with the with just the James Bond theme, which the James Bond theme is as close to perfect as a song as you're going to as you're going to get. It's iconic. Everyone knows it. But my thought process was there. They also have the the transition into this like Calypso version of three blind mice during the mm-hmm. beginning mm-hmm. credits as well. Um, and so they, and they, since they kind of blend into one another, like that it's, it's one song to me. So I'm hoping that the, that the addition of the three blind mice thing, um, kind of, I don't think that's going to sway anyone away from it. Well, but, but, but again, we're just doing the initial seeds. Me and Micah will have to argue which, mm. is, which is the best. Um, that one's the best. I don't know if it's the best because, like I said, the three blind mice thing is. is I mean, look, is are, are you are we are we talking about this as far as legacy, as far as influence, as far as memorability, or are we talking about this on musicality terms? Because that's a whole different thing. We'll see. It's it's yeah, completely you'll, fluid. You'll you'll have to subscribe to uh, TNP Premium content to find out. We uh, we we were, and we don't were forget... <laughs> just to, just to quickly interrupt on that too. Yeah, we were thinking the best way to figure out a tiebreaker for this because I feel like me and Mike are going to disagree on this topic more than most topics because uh-huh. music is completely subjective. Obviously, um, we might have to bring a third person in. Someone, oh, is it going to be me? Someone someone who uh who is very musically inclined. <laughs> Huh, I <laughs> wonder if that might be. <laughs> who, has, person who, who, ha- who has who has who probably has <laughs> arranging an XCOM 2 medley for her orchestra? I wonder. So That's what? gonna be lit, by the way. Uh anyway, <laughs> you can subscribe to that, but you can also subscribe to all of the TNP Studios podcasts wherever you get your podcasts, and that includes Coming Distractions, Black on Black Cinema, The Nerdpocalypse, and the weekly preview episode of Look Forward, and of course. Dense pixels. 
Well, but the show worth listening to. They're already here. They've already subscribed. If you're if you're listening to this and you haven't subscribed and yet, what is, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? It takes just just click it. Just click the button. Let me just say something else. We can we since we since it's a two man booth and these shows tend to go quick anyway. We have we have some time to t- tangent real quick. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed Knives Out and I did the review for Coming Distractions. I think so I think I might have underrated the, the movie during Coming yeah. Distractions. I was not. You, you rated it a four, right? Yeah. 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 I would have rated it higher. I would have rated it a, a four point five. Interesting. At least. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I did not good. I did not see ever once once it came out in the public, everyone like raving about it. Because it's also like a genre movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not um, that that's the other thing that's also kind of surprising is that it's you know, if you're not really into to mysteries. But yeah. Yeah, I I mean I th- I feel like mystery as like as a genre is something that like everyone can sort of get into on some sort of level. Mm-hmm. Cause like once once a well written mystery sort of like has its has its hooks in you like a little bit you're you're in you're in for the whole ride like you you're gonna stick it out you're gonna want to know who did what and how. But this also had the strangest act two of any mystery it that did. I've ever seen that I can think of. And and we're it not don't did. worry we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna verge into uh to spoiler Spoilers. territory no yeah. but I don't know I just I the the the, the overwhelming positivity. Uh, that folks are are coming at it with surprise yeah. me because like I, I I liked it a lot. I just wasn't expecting people to be like, "This is the best movie of the year." I'm like, "Really? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know about that." But I it was yeah, pretty good at least as far as what I've seen. But Jay also sent me to a lot of shit this year. So. <laughs> That's true. Like I said, I don't go often, but when I go, I make sure I go to the uh, to the ones that are going to be. Yeah. Meanwhile, top-notch. next week I get to go see Cats. So. <laughs> That's that'll be an episode of coming distractions that'll definitely be worth uh oh yeah tuning mm-hmm. into. Why do yeah. why do I have the feeling that it could be the return of uh Carrie oh. with wine in hand? Oh wine carry to, on yeah, the <laughs> to, Oh yeah. Do that shit again. Mm-hmm. Um so we'll get into the news real quick. <laughs> so look, I was not aware that the servers for Battleborn were still up because I wasn't I was aware that aware anyone played that it. Battleborn ever actually came out. It did. It did. I mean, it didn't do very well, obviously. No. Um, but the servers are still active for Battleborn, allegedly. Uh, but not for long. They're going to be taken down uh, in January of 2021, uh, which will make the game completely unplayable. One could argue that it was un- unplayable when it released, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I'm sure dozens <laughs> of people are devastated. <laughs> and they, uh, Gearbox said they will be uh, – Disabling online microtransaction purchases for the game on February 24th of next year, and it has already been pulled uh, from online storefronts. So you can't accidentally purchase the game thinking, ah, this Borderlands 3 was very good. What else has Gearbox made that I'd like to play? What's this Battleborn here? Let me check that out. Nope. They've already pulled it down. So if you did not own it already, uh, too bad, so sad. Uh, You will continue being able to not play Battleborn as (laughs) 99.999999% of the gaming world has Mm -hmm. been. So far, uh, Stadia Pro subscribers are going to get Farming Simulator 19 and Tomb Raider for free in December as part of their Stadia Pro membership. So currently, uh, Destiny- for the dozens of people enjoying their Stadia, <laughs> well, I, I wouldn't say they're enjoying it, Carrie. Uh, mm. right, right now, uh, Destiny 2 you got me there, and Samurai Showdown are available for free. Um, if you have Stadia Pro, you already now have access to Farming Simulator 19 and Tomb Raider. If you already paid for those games before this happened, uh, Google will apparently refund you 
your purchase. So that's good, I guess. Uh, if you bought sure. 2013 Tomb Raider on Google Stadia, mm-hmm. uh, they'll give you back your 1999 that you paid for it. So uh, two more games to round out the robust Stadia Pro lineup. Uh, a m- update has come out for Super Mario Maker 2 uh, that allows you to play as Link in the game. Um, and yeah. Like, actually play as Link. Like, actually use the sword and the shield and the bombs and whatnot. Because earlier, you could use, like, an amiibo to get, like, a Link costume. Right. But, for it, but it was just the skin, flavor. right? Basically. Uh, yeah. But now you can actually, like, actually play as Link in, in Mario Maker. So... The, That's kind of cute. Yeah, the, the, the screenshots that are linked in... The, or the, the little gifts that are linked in this article... Uh, on Kotaku, uh, makes Link look completely OP. Uh, oh, yeah. He's running around the world just tearing through shit. Like, like, like he's literally, like, jumping through a stack of spinies with his sword coming down and just running through mm-hmm. some piranha plants and blocking the uh, the little spiky balls from the dude that spits up the spiky balls and throws them at you. I can't remember what his actual name is. Uh... I forget. I just know that he... Th- that guy specifically gave me a whole rack of shit in a... Link's Awakening. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, Free update for Mario Maker, by the way. You don't have to pay for that. Uh, Yeah. This is a story that you added to the docket that I had not seen. Cool. Yeah. A lot of people haven't seen it, but in my line of work, this is big news. Um, I follow collectibles for a living. I report on collectibles. I write books about collectibles. I have many books about collectibles that you can buy on our Amazon link. Um. But yes, so Heritage Auctions, touted as the world's largest collectibles auctioneer, partnered a year ago or so, so, somewhere in there, with uh, the WADA grading service, which I have used several times for the sake of transparency. I know the guy who founded WADA, um, but they're, they're a professional grading company similar to how CGC works for comic books or how Beckett works for trading cards. Mm. Um, so they're grading video games and a 9.4 a plus copy of the original mega man sealed inbox with an a plus rating on the quality of the seal. And this is important because this is a first release. This is like the very first run, Mm -hmm. which typoed Dr. Wiley's name on the back as Dr. Wright. Mm hmm. There's very few of these out there, particularly very few of these still in the box, uh, still sealed and still in this kind of condition. And it sold for $75,000 at auction last week. That's insane. That's a lot. Now, for for, there for Mega been, Man. There, there have been uh, some... Six-figure video game results before. Mm. Um, and by some, I think I mean one. Yeah, <laughs> like a handful, maybe. Wasn't wasn't that like, isn't it like, was it like world-class, like track and field or whatever the hell it's called? You were thinking of stadium events. Ah. Uh, yes. So stadium events uh, was re-released i believe as world-class track and field the original stadium events was only on shelves for like three hours or something like Mm -hmm. that before it was pulled and all the carts were rebranded 
Okay. I'm trying to log into my heritage account right now just I so that I can already so according to according to uh, I'm I'm looking at an article. I don't have cool cool uh, yeah. insider connections. Um there is anyone can create a heritage account. <laughs> the uh stadium events um can go for it's gone between twenty six hundred and forty one thousand dollars. Yes. For NES. Yep. Even just the box can get you ten grand, which blows my mind. Yeah, because it was Something, it was like a really low, I can't remember my goddamn heritage login, so whatever. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nuts. Um, and this is, this is sort of what happens with, um, with, with the advent of grading services, mm-hmm. is that you're having games verified you're having them graded you're having them encapsulated and now you're having them hit the auction block at high tier collectibles auctions which is a very recent development when it comes to video games um there's just um there's not there's not that many people doing this right now wada is really the go-to uh grading service on the market right now um, they are not the first people to do grading, but I would say they're the first people to do it correctly. Um, various other top dollar items uh, in in this auction. So Mega Man by far took by by sixty thousand dollars took took the top spot here. Mm. But you had a, a nine point eight a plus copy of uh, Super Mario Brothers for nineteen thousand two hundred. Uh, a a uh, copy of Contra for fourteen thousand five hundred. Uh, a copy of Ice Climbers, uh, nine point two for thirteen thousand two hundred, mm-hmm. and a Stadium Events six point zero for eleven thousand seven hundred dollars. So yeah, if if you're not paying attention to the rise of graded video games and collectible video games, uh, you're you're making a mistake, I think, at this point. Uh, I have started to get things in my collection graded purely for posterity's sake. I actually have one right here. Hold on. It's it's just insane to me. Yeah. That so i i got my I got my copy of Golden Sun graded. It's a seven point five, which is honestly um, incredible, given that I bought this game when I was eleven mm-hmm. and just kept this good care of it. Um, but it's totally totally encapsulated. It's sealed up um nothing will get through this case um it's not going to oxidize in there or anything like that um but i did it because i mean obviously with this this is my favorite game um but i wanted to have graded copies of them just from like my dumb hoarder brain collector perspective Mm -hmm. um but i think i think you're going to start seeing more and more people buy into video games as collectibles because you're starting to see people who don't really maybe never even really played video games starting to buy them at these high dollar auctions because they're starting to see them as an investment and they're trying to get in on this now before the prices really start to go up after people start to realize what a market this is um so this is going to be extremely interesting to follow so this this tells me a couple things. Um, mm-hmm. Number one, I sold my 
complete copy of Earthbound for Earthbound. SNES uh-huh. far too far too soon. Yep. If only I'd waited six years, then we could have uh, possibly made even more money by getting it graded. That would have been amazing. Yep. Um, this is insane. It, it, I don't. I, I'm still having trouble wrapping my head around the dollar amount and the potential of investment for Mega Man. So just just to give you why this boggles my mind. So like. One of the rarest like Rolex references is a Rolex Submariner that was produced in the 1960s. It's the it's the model number 6538. It was the first James Bond watch. A very good one, like a good condition one, would easily go for like around between ninety and a hundred thousand dollars. But that's for like a wristwatch that mm-hmm. you know with with a, an incredible amount of historical significance and and heritage and. It's something that still, you know, you can use and, and things like, like like you would buy that watch and you and you would wear it. You wouldn't wear sure. it like, you know, as a beater, but you would still, you know, take it out on special occasions, stuff like that. This copy of Mega Man is just going to sit inside of this mm-hmm. inside of this container. Sure. And and, and there's you know. certainly there's there's certainly a point to be had about that. Um, like I'm I'm only getting games graded that I know I'm not going to play mm-hmm. that specific cartridge ever again. Right. It's not like I'm not going to play Golden Sun ever again. But I have a different cartridge that's beat to hell that I'll play whenever. Um it's uh it's it's interesting. Um the the difference I think is um at least with games that are not sealed, mm-hmm. I believe WADA offers a service where they can they can scan and dump the ROM off mm-hmm. of off of like an old NES cart. And you can play that ROM whenever you want. Like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily lose your game because they've dumped the ROM off the cartridge before encapsulating it. Um and you might see that start to happen with other cartridge based games. Obviously you're not going to be able to do that with a CD based game. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the same thing that people it's, it's the same criticism people have of, of grading comic books. Mm -hmm. Once it's in the slab, you can't read it anymore, but once it's in the slab, nothing can happen to it. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's this sort of balancing act of, okay. With, with a game like Mega Man, the original Mega Man launched a significant gaming franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, Mega Man's an, an iconic character for for Capcom and for video gaming at large. Uh, this this particular run with the the villain typo on the back um, is like any any time you get a misprint mm-hmm. on a on anything really, whether it's in comic books or on trading cards or anything like that. That always causes people to want that because they want the one with the mistake on it before the mistake was fixed. Oh, of course. The, the, most, so there's, fam- the most famous there's a example few things. being the, the, the oh. Billy Ripken fuckface card. Of oh, course. <laughs> Billy Ripken. Uh, he got all the personality and Cal got all the talent. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's again, this is going to be the kind of thing where, um, you're, if if you're at all interested in the secondary market for video games, this sort of thing is something to to really pay close attention to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've got I've got a handful of games graded, and I'm uh, 
basically just waiting for the next time I see these guys at a convention to just hand them another box of, of my stuff. Um, so, so this last we'll story, see. this last story is the biggest story of the week. It just kind of broke before we, uh, before we sat down and recorded. I'm going to let Carrie, uh, take the reins on this one as well. Sure. So we've talked before about how Riot Games is full of chuds and, um, uh, last year, um, Kotaku did their deep dive, uh, an incredible investigative journalistic piece into the sort of bro culture at Riot Games. Um, and uh, as of ruled today, Riot will be paying out at least $10 million to the women who have worked at Riot over the last five years. The payout is part of a gender discrimination lawsuit uh, filed by two Riot employees, one current and one former, who sought unpaid wages as well as damages and other penalties. They alleged Riot of violating the California Equal Pay Act. Um, the Riot announced that they settled back in August, but the proposed settlement was was filed today. Around a thousand female employees will be eligible for a share of that payout, depending on tenure, length, and status. So, good. Yeah, that's that's a pretty significant uh, chunk of change. Now, I just did the quick calculations. Um, if all thousand employees were to get an equal share, uh, it would be ten thousand dollars per employee. Now, obviously, mm -hmm. I guess tenure and and things of that nature are gonna, you know, are gonna weigh into that as well. Um, it's, I'm going to be interesting to see what the reaction to this story is over the course of the couple of days. Cause like I said, we're just kind of landing in the middle of it, uh, in this LA times report that came out. Um, right. and we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens with that. I feel like it's almost too early to be commenting on this cause we haven't seen it. The yeah. Reaction. This is mostly us just reporting on it as right. it broke. Um, but, uh, ultimately I, you know, Kotaku, we, we talked about it when Kotaku um, released their investigation last year. Just, um, and it was pretty damning because you had a lot of folks at the company, you know, corroborating each other's stories and whatnot. And Riot said that they were going to do better. Whether or not they've actually done better, I think, is still up for debate. Because mm -hmm. um, I think Kotaku sort of followed up with some folks who were still at the company. And it seemed that people were saying that, like, yeah, the higher-ups are still... They It seems like they're just kind of waiting for this to blow over and for people to forget about this. And, um, yeah, I mean, I hope that this sort of payout sets a precedence in the gaming industry that that sort of culture isn't going to be fucking tolerated anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause it's bullshit. Like this, this whole like bro frat boy kind of culture that seems to permeate particularly the development end of the industry um, sucks. Mm. And there's there's got to be an end to it at some point. Well, so, so here's so here's my question though. Like, do you do you really think that Riot has already turned over a new leaf, or is this just kind of no. just throwing money at the problem to make it go away? 
of sorts? Um, I think that they know that they still have a lot of eyes on them mm-hmm. uh, and that they will have to turn over a new leaf in one way or another. But I also think that they're trying to throw money at the problem and make it go away. Right, because um, I, w- I would imagine that this settlement also comes with somewhat of a NDA, I guess, where these these women will not be able to speak publicly against the company in some way, shape, oh, or form. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That, so, yeah. So we'll have to see. We will. Like I said, we'll have to wait to see what uh, what more news comes of this uh, of this settlement here. So Yep. Very good. Cool. cool. But yes, yeah, so that, that is the news for this week before we get into uh, the post office. Uh, Carrie, tell us how you can give us money. Riot, oh, Riot yeah. Games could be going to could, to give us some cash. Yeah. Even though we were not harassed uh, by them. No. Uh, you can, as, as I mentioned earlier, I have books about collecting and you can buy them through Amazon. So you can not just give me good reviews on Amazon, but go to densepixels.com slash Amazon and buy my books. And then we get a little bit of that dosh because I don't get royalties for my books being <laughs> sold on Amazon. No, no, no. I get a paycheck every other week for writing books, but dense pixels can get some of that. If you go to our densepixels.com slash Amazon, you just shop as normal. It's the holiday season. What would be better for the gamer in your life than the delightful stocking stuffer that is the Overstreet Guide to Collecting Video Games, which will give you the context you need to understand why the hell a copy of Mega Man would sell for $75,000. So go ahead and do that. And buy your holiday presents or just get something for yourself. We don't care. <laughs> we'll see it though. We don't know who. Uh, we will see it. We, we don't, don't we don't we don't know who bought it, but uh, we'll see it that it got bought. Yeah. So but yes, very good. Yes. Densepixels.com uh slash Amazon. Because Jeff Bezos doesn't need the money. He's good. So yep. we'll go right to uh Dense Pixels Post Office. We'll start with Amir, who is the new owner of an Oculus Quest. He says, what is the best VR experience that you've had? He wants to show his dad VR when he goes home for the holidays. Uh, I don't really play VR because I don't find it comfortable. (laughs) Because I have bad eyesight and putting a VR headset over top of my glasses isn't fun. So I am not the person to ask. So I will, I said it on this podcast before when I had my quest, uh, super hot was the thing that made VR click for me. Um, and especially the, and, and on the quest in particular, because super hot in VR is a game that very much benefits from not being tethered, um, to a, to a station of some kind and having the free range of movement, um, is, is kind of makes that game really excel. So I would say super hot VR uh, might be the thing that you want to show your dad if you want to show him the, the power of, of the VR experience. Uh, Andy asks, what are your least favorite things about Micah and Terrence? Um, let's see. 
I I don't like that Terrence is never on time for recording. <laughs> I don't I don't uh, I don't like that Terrence can out apathy me. That makes me upset. I always uh, I always I always came up as being the person that can muster the most apathy in the entire world, and Terrence is able to <laughs> to over over do even what I'm able to muster in terms of not caring about things. I care yeah. care very much about the fact that Terrence doesn't care about things more than I do. That bothers me. Okay, uh, so Micah, I'll dig up some old shit. I don't like that he didn't give me a plus one to his wedding when his wedding was like seven states away. <laughs> I thought that was bullshit. I don't like the fact. And that's why I didn't go because he didn't give me a plus one and I was not going to fly by myself. I don't like the fact that Micah is somehow able to perfectly straddle the line between being incredibly conceited, but also ridiculously humble at the same time. I hate that shit. He's able to, <laughs> he's able to to, to self deprecate constantly Talk about how he sucks at video games. Micah doesn't suck at video games. Micah's very good at video games. But then meanwhile, Micah will also talk about how he's like the most attractive, handsome son of a bitch walking the face of the planet. He'll do both things. And people just accept it. People, yep. don't, people don't realize that he's actually an asshole. <laughs> but it's true. It's because he's charming. He's a charming son of a bitch. He's got that he's got that that perfect timbre to his voice that just makes people <laughs> fall for whatever bullshit comes out of his mouth. So yeah, that's, I, don't, that's, I don't trust him. That's what we like least about uh, about Micah and Terrence. So uh, Gaston says, "Gaming moment you're looking forward to sharing with your son the most." I guess this is directed at me. Uh, whether it's a moment in a game I, or, <laughs> or something more generic, my son's a cat. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, you might be able to share some some quaint gaming moments with Ganon mm-hmm. and and other cat whose name I don't remember off the top of my head right now. Zelda. Okay, <laughs> there you go. That makes that makes perfect sense. Um, yep. so look, I, I, um, I, I'm most looking forward to my son just experiencing video games at some point. Um, I've talked about on the show before my son is autistic. Um, so video games has not been something that he has taken to yet, but I feel like perhaps down the road that could be, um, he, he likes video games, but he really, he likes watching me play video games. And not necessarily messing with himself. So I'm hoping one day uh, that he will show an interest in actually playing games. And that that alone will be a great moment uh, for me when that does eventually happen. Uh, Leonardo says, why did you kick the people off who enjoyed the Star Wars game off of the show? Because <laughs> he's an asshole. That's right. Because I'm a jerk and I wanted to talk about Pokemon to see if I if I had to get it. No, they, they both had other things that they had to do. I, Mike, I'm sure, had a baby-related emergency. And Terrence, uh, Terrence is something else going on. Uh, Trey says, which game or games do you really like, but in a different gameplay style than the one it has? For example, Jedi Fallen Order as a DMC-esque character action game than the Dark Souls-esque game it is? So are you I'm a little are, confused by I, I know, I am too. I guess Trey's asking hypothetically, would we like to see a game that exists that we want to like, but we don't like the gameplay, but if it feels a different style of game we would like it more uh, perhaps that's a tough yeah, one. I don't know. That, I, that, I don't really know. Yeah. Cause I, cause I, I mean, typically I, you know, evaluate games as they are 
um, rather than what I wish they, what I wish they would be. Um, I mean, it would be cool to see like Borderlands doing a more MMO style game, like more of a destiny style game than they, than they currently do, but it would completely change what Borderlands is. So I don't know if that would actually be cool or not. Um, that's a tough question to answer. Um, cause like I said, it, again, the games are what they are and we evaluate them based on, you know, what they are, not what we wish they were right. instead. Um, Anthony says, if you could reset your memory of playing a game so that you could go play it again for the first time, essentially, which game would you choose and why? And also, do you think that we'll eventually get portal three? No. <laughs> Short and to the point. I mean, the, the, the brains behind that franchise doesn't work at valve anymore. So Carrie's yeah, probably right. I don't portal and portal two are, are both very good games. Um, I think it would be cool if maybe they released a collection on contemporary consoles with maybe some additional maps, mm. additional puzzles. Uh, but no, I don't think we will ever get a portal three. Uh, if I could reset my memory of playing a game so I could go back and do it fresh, I'd probably want to do breath of the wild again. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like I've answered this question before. And I think the answer for me is the original uh, Metal Gear Solid. Okay. Which was a mind-blowing experience for me because it was the first game of its ilk that I'd ever really played before. Um, so that would probably be it, I would think. Um, Johnny asks, question for me, since Carrie's favorite game to stream is Golden Sun. What I've been would, streaming Pokemon. <laughs> what would be your likely game to stream annually for a charity? Look, if I ever did Extra Life, um, if I was ever able to do it, um, it would probably just be me playing Destiny for 24 hours, <laughs> which, would be, <laughs> which would be a ton of Destiny. I mean, hey, at least you're being honest. I mean, look, what else, what about, what else am I going to do for 24 hours? That's fair. Yeah. I mean, literally anything else with your life, I don't know. <laughs> what else am I going to play, I should say? Because, like, if you're going to do it, like, you would either want to do a game like that that has sort of an unending amount of content you could tap into or something that you can beat in that time span. But it has to kind of be exactly in that time span. So. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know. I need to get back into streaming more regularly. Um, I really want to start streaming Fallout New Vegas because I've been really wanting to play New Vegas again. Um, Because Outer Worlds scratched that itch a little bit, but Mm. like not enough. And I want to go be a profligate in the Nevada wasteland. So (laughs) true to uh, Kaisar. Finally, we will uh, end it with Brian to ask, what kinds of characters do you look to as a main when it comes to fighting games in terms of their fighting style? And what are your top five fighting games of all time? Not the question for Carrie. I, I don't it. play fighting games. I am not good at fighting games. So I, I'll answer the second question for Carrie. Super Smash Brothers Brawl, Super Smash Brothers uh-huh. Melee, Super Smash Brothers, uh, or sorry, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate would be probably mm-hmm. be number one, then Melee. Then, and then multi-blood. There you go. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so fair enough. Um, what do I look for in terms of main? So, I mean, the only fighting game that I play at great length is the Street Fighter franchise. And I'm a Shoto guy. Like, it, like, it, like I, I play Shoto's almost exclusively. Um, that control style, that, you know, that move execution style um, just makes sense to me. 
Um, in terms of like fighting style, I need a character that has a strong cross up game, uh, because that's kind of how I play street fighter. Um, so obviously like I tend to go with like Sakura, Ken characters like that, basically. Um, when I play street fighter top five fighting games of all time is really difficult. Um, I guess number one would probably have to be, uh, the, whatever the end edition of street fighter four ended up being, um, Second, I would say would be Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo from back nice. when. Um, golly, that's 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 a tough one because see, like I said, now we're getting. I would believe it or not, I would put Tekken three third for me. I really did enjoy the uh, Tekken three way back in the day. Um, fourth, I I really like the original Blaze Blue. When it came out, I didn't stick with the franchise past that first game, but I played the shit out of the original Blaze Blue uh, when that dropped on PS3. And then I guess Street Fighter V would end up in the top five somewhere. I'd love to put, like, an NRS game in there, but they just don't speak to me. I play those games for, like, three or four weeks and then never touch them and th- or think about them again. So that's, you know, all the Mortal Kombat's, both Injustices. Like, I just never – I never mess with those. And Smash Brothers is more of a, like, passing dalliance to me than anything that I ever sat down and played – with any Smash Brothers is a seriousness. party game that some people take too seriously. Right, that's that. That is probably the best way to describe uh, Smash Brothers that you could describe it. So yeah, um, thank you guys because we we put we literally put the post office up before like right before we started recording. So I was happy to see that we got you know six or seven questions in there. So appreciate that yep. on the short notice. Uh, <laughs> and believe it or not, that is it for this week. So a bit of a shorter show. Um, cause there just wasn't a lot of news to talk about. So make sure that you are in our fan group, densepixels.com slash fans, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you subscribe to this show as well as the other TNP studio shows. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash densepixels. Go to densepixels.com slash premium to sign up for premium content. And Carrie wants to get back to streaming. You can find her on Twitch at Suppets Carrie. Uh, Terrence is apparition 410. And if I ever stream again, we'll see maybe one day, possibly. Uh, it'll be on the Dense Pixels YouTube channel. So as long as you subscribe there, you'll be good to go. Uh, thank you, Carrie. Uh, under yep. the weather, but still coming through uh, in the clutch tonight. And, uh, Doing what we, I can, man. And we'll see you all the next time. Thanks. <laughs>